And that's a battle for souls. That's a battle for people that are lost and far from God. And I just, I, I love that today is, is 201 in our next steps where you can, you know, discover your gifts and talents. And we're going to feed you. You know, if you're new here and you just want to come out and say, hey, man, let me just sit in and see what this is about. Man, come to our next step classes. That's how you learn. And we also empower you to be able to discover your gifts and talents to where you can use them for who? God. See, the world wants us to use our gifts and talents for them. The way they tell us to do it. How they tell us to do it. And then they want to put a price tag on our gifts and talents. And tell us how much we're worth. You know what? You're, you, <laughs> there is no price tag on you. All right? You are priceless. I mean, there is no price to put on you. You're amazing. You're special. Okay? I know it's really quiet in here. I'm almost thinking we ought to get some backdrop band music going on, like some, you know, village people or something going on. It's a little beat, boom, 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 to get you guys. Hey, y'all have fun in church today, okay? I know you guys don't live like this. There's no way, okay? I'm telling you. You guys breathe. You move. You're excited. You smile. Man, come on, man. I'm telling you, if y'all participate, we get through this thing a lot quicker, okay? <laughs> Amen. Yes, hallelujah. Okay, we'll be here till 3 o'clock now, hallelujah. <laughs> but anyway, guys, I want to put a little disclaimer in for Saturday night that's coming up. And, and you heard the little video announcement, but we are going back to what we, we did on Saturday night. Uh, but it's just going to be a little bit different uh, than it was originally. It's going to be a little bit more organized and stuff. But nonetheless, it is going to be a night to where we're just going to, I mean, just really go after God in a way that sometimes you just do on Sunday not that you can't do it we're just going to do it a little bit different we have some people coming in from other churches uh, that are going to be doing some things up here on stage it's just going to be a fun fun time I'm telling you man get here it will I'm telling you it's going to be fun you're going to see God in different ways and that's good amen I'm telling you as long as I'm the pastor of this church we're not going to just do things like everybody else if I can help it that's boring to me okay I like variety because I feel like when I get to heaven it's going to be different we're not all going to be standing and looking and, and, you know, I mean, no, we're going to be doing different stuff. And there's different ways to express God's love through dance, through drama, through many different ways, through artwork. Through, there's so many ways through a quilt that we have out there in the foyer that we're, we, we had a, a, a gentleman, uh, Charles, that's donated that to the church as a raffle to raise money for the building of the barn. So he used his gift and talent, and he's put it on display for us to buy raffle tickets to actually support building the barn. Amen? Gifts and talents need to be celebrated, not looked down upon. Oh, you don't preach? Oh, you can't sing worship? Oh, well, we don't have no place for you. No. I want a church that's multifaceted. Amen? That we do a lot, a lot of different things. So Saturday night, make plans to be here and uh, bring a bunch of people. Because I'm going to tell you, this place is going to get full. I can tell you that. I mean, I've already had some uh, texts from some people outside of this that knew what we did on Saturday night, and they're jacked up. They're pumped because they know that, man, we did have some fun on Saturday nights. I mean, it was a little radical. It was a little crazy. But, hey, you know what, man? When I partied in the world, there was no script when I went to a party. Oh, yeah, you go to a party and they hand you, okay, this is what we're going to do tonight. <laughs> no, you didn't know what you was going to do tonight. That was the joy of going to a party. Amen. We're, gonna, we're just going to have fun, and, and, and it usually ended up not being fun. <laughs> when somebody got stabbed at my house one time, you know, we, you know just having some uh, what you would call fun turns bad sometimes. And also out there on the table, we have, uh, for many of you guys, y'all know this already, but the Friends House, which is located in McDonough, 
they, uh, they're a housing development for or a housing center for, for uh, children that are older that get taken from their parents. And because they're uh, older, they're not able to really find a home to go to because a lot of people don't want to adopt older children because, uh, you know, you 14-year-olds and 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds in the building, uh, y'all are, you know, know-it-all. I mean, you got it all figured out in life. You know, you, there's a lot of issues that come with that. And unfortunately with them, they most of the time they're bringing in some bad baggage because of what they lived in, okay? So they've, they've created a place, and we've teamed up with them to bring them some meals along with many other people. But on November 23rd, we're going to be uh, getting together uh, a meal to take to them, and then we're going to be doing it again in December. Miss Cindy's going to be uh, looking over that. But we have a, a sheet uh, out there in the foyer that actually tells of everything that she wants to uh, prepare for them so it's got different items if you would like to donate those items just go by the table uh, Miss Belinda will be there too and just kind of you know circle what you want to bring and then bring it and then we're everybody that would like to participate just show up I think it's Saturday November 23rd that morning at 7 30 and we're going to prepare it and take it to them amen and be a blessing to them so hallelujah y'all excited about Jesus y'all excited for the word when you come to this church you're going to hear the word of God amen because I believe it's the Word of God that causes us to triumph in every situation in life. Hallelujah. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to jump right into this. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you for this awesome time together. We thank you, Lord, for the Word of God, which sets us free. When nothing else can set us free, your Word can set us free. Your Word can heal us. Your Word can save us. Father, your Word is a light unto our path. Hallelujah. And we just thank you, Father God, that, that as we look at your word today, that, that our hearts would be stirred, our lives would be changed into the image of you, Jesus, like never before. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. You can go ahead and turn your Bibles to Matthew 28, but I'm gonna, it's going to take me a minute to get there, so it gives you time to get on your phone and look for that particular scripture. Um, Matthew 28, hallelujah. But before I get there, i got some things I'd like to read. Um, we all have a place in our house that we sleep in, right? We call that what? Bedroom. Bedroom. Hallelujah. We have a place that we eat. What do we call that? Dining room, kitchen, living room, <laughs> whatever. I mean, people eat all over the place, okay? We have a place where we watch TV. I know that could be anywhere nowadays. <laughs> and we have a place to take a shower. Now, that's not anywhere. That's limited. You're not taking a shower in your bedroom. Or in the kitchen. I hope not. That's weird. Okay? Hallelujah. There are different places but the same house. Each room represents the same house, but different things are going on in different rooms. Amen? Different things are going on. Does that make any room greater or lesser? No. No, it just means that one room has been assigned to do one thing, and the other room has a different <coughs> assignment. So when you go into the house, you don't really have like number one, number two, number three, number four, like you've got them listed on the category of importance. No, each one of them is important at a particular time. When I'm dirty, I'm not going to the refrigerator and looking for a shower or looking for some soap or looking for some cleaning you know, tool. No, I'm going to the shower, all right? Now, there's many people that do different things in the shower, okay? And that's between you and God. But, um, you know, it, the shower is good. It cleans you, all right? First, what makes a house? What makes a house? People. People make the house. Somebody has to show them the house, and then they can decide whether or not it is the house they want. Then they can purchase the house and decorate it the way they want. God has a house for all 
the people, the earth, and Jesus paid the price for us to have a place or room in that house. Jesus has already paid the price. And there's a lot of people out there in the world today that are not his sons and daughters, and they don't have a room. They're lost. They're looking for a, a room in, in other houses, in, in foreigners' houses. They're looking for places all over the world that they don't belong. And that's why you see them bouncing all over the place. That's why you see people that try this, it don't work out. Try this, it don't work out. Well, I'll try this relationship, it don't work out. I'll try this job. It's all about trying, trying, trying with the hopes and the intent that if I try something long enough, I'm going to get it right somewhere. How many of you know that you can get it right on day one? You don't have to wait till you've messed up your whole life and then say, God, what would you like for me to do? You can decide today to let me know, God, what I'm supposed to do and then give him time to show you. Don't get impatient. I see so many people that just accept whatever and then they actually get going in life and then they look over to who they're with and go, why? Why did I pick you? You don't give God time. You get on a job and you go, gosh, I think I'm working in hell. I think I just applied and got accepted to work in hell because it's so bad here. Why don't you give God time? Not to say that you shouldn't be there because <laughs> they need some light. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the point is, guys, we're letting God shape our lives and get us where we need to go. Hallelujah. Your place in his house does not start when you get to heaven. It starts the day you accept Jesus into your life. And because God house, he has assigned me and you the place in the house that pleases who? Him. But God has a lot of room. And when we move into God's house, he wants us to go invite others to join us. This is where a lot of people begin to be boring Christians. Right here. That last statement that I just shared. Because they have done studies. And they will tell you the studies of whoever they are. Caleb, you know, just whoever they are. You know, they. They does all kinds of stuff. Well, who told you that? Well, they said. Oh, they, who's they? We don't even know who they is. But anyway, they did these studies and they showed that Christians that get saved, that they are more actively involved in helping others know Jesus in their first year of salvation than at any other time of their life. That means with every year that you and I are saved, we get less and less evangelistic. Whereas when we first got saved, all we shared was our story. We shared how God touched us. And for whatever reason, after we've been saved for a while, we feel like we got to know the whole Bible. Really? No, you don't. That's a lie from the devil. All you got to do is be kind and share how God changed you. For the rest of your life. And I promise you. You will be attractive to people. Amen. That's all we're called to do. You're not called to be a Bible scholar. Be a theologian. Amen. 95% of all pastors are not the theologians. I'm only in the 5%. Okay. No I'm not a theologian at all. I know y'all know that. but <laughs> So today I want to talk to you about your place. In the house of God. Your place. In the house of God. And I'm not just talking about a church building. I'm talking about in his universal house. He has a big house. And how many of you know that you only come to this room once or twice a week? But you have many other places that God's called you to be. Many other rooms that you're going to walk into. I love coming to church because God shows me things as I talk. Amen. I love it. Amen. It just becomes real that I'm going to be leaving my house on Monday morning and I'm going to a house. It's a construction job site for a company that I work for. 
But that's the room I've been called to. And there's things in that room that I'm called to do, not just trim work. And a little disclaimer, if y'all would, you know, maybe Wednesday morning, if y'all could be praying for me, because it's going to be really cold Wednesday morning and Thursday morning and Friday morning, and we don't have heat. So if you work in a heated building, I don't like you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. Many today have said yes to Jesus, and that is good, but we need to know that Jesus desires that we share him with others so they can live the life he prepared, prepared for them. In Matthew 28, I told you all to turn there, verses 18 through 20, Jesus came and told his disciples something, and he's talking to me and you. This is in red letters. He said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on where? Earth. Therefore, what? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am what? Be sure of this, that when you start telling somebody about me, I'm at the back door. I ain't hanging with you no more. You own your own. He's right there with us. In the moment to where fear seems to be so real about talking to an individual about how God's touched you, Jesus is right there. The Holy Spirit is right there, ready for you just to open your mouth up and begin to just talk. Talk about what you know. Don't talk about what you don't know. Share what you know. Share what he's done for you. And if you're here today and you're serving Jesus, you know Jesus has touched your life. And if you're here today and you're, you don't serve Christ, you know Christ is touching you right now. He's stirring you up on the inside about something. He's kind of bringing something to your remembrance right now. It may be a small, still voice. It may be a loud ram's horn going off in you, okay? But the bottom line is, is God's done something for each and every one of us in this room. And he wants us just to share it. Just simply share. The world is interested in knowing what's happened to you. They're not interested to know the four Gospels. Okay? They don't understand that language. You start talking King James and Bible talk to kids at school, and they're going to think, hey, you are speaking Chinese. If I start going to work on a construction job site and sharing Jesus in the way I share it with you, they're going to look at me like a deer in the headlights. Okay? But if I say, hey, guys, I want to share with you that I once was doing drugs and alcohol. But I said yes to this man named Jesus. And all of a sudden, all of that was lifted off of me. And I experienced freedom. I experienced health. I be, my body was sick, and I went and talked to this guy named Jesus. I mean, I mean, he's a cool dude, man. I just talked to him, and he healed my body. He, he helped me out. I needed a washing machine and dryer. And I just said, Lord, would you please help me here? I need a washing machine and dryer. I just thank you for helping me. And then next thing you know, a week later, somebody knocked on my door with a washing machine and dryer. I just want to tell you what God's done for me, man. That's all I want to do, man, you know, and just share that in a normal conversation. But so many people, they see lost people and they go, oh, gosh, I need to tell them about Jesus. <sighs> oh, gosh, I need to tell them about Jesus. How can I do this? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, everything comes to your head and it goes, they're going to yell at you. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to make fun of you. Who's behind that? I mean, do you think that's God and the angels just talking to you? No, don't go do it. They're going to they're laugh at you. They're going to make fun of you. No. He wants us to be quiet. That is the devil. But God wants us. You know, go, G-O, 
When we say God, two-thirds of God's name is go. Two-thirds of his name is go. That means we need to go. But it's not go and preach. So many times we think that we're supposed to go out there and preach this message to the world. They don't understand this message. They are blinded and they're, they're walking in darkness. The first thing they need to do is see a light. Like we talked about last week. They need to see a light. And a light could be you buy them lunch. The light could be, hey, dude, I got you gas this week. I'm, I'm going to help you out this week. That light could be, hey, man, I'm, I got you dinner. I'm going to bring you dinner this week. Light could be in different forms. But it's all leading to a conversation that they're desiring of and they don't even know it. But if we overwhelm them with love, that conversation is going to be asked sooner or later. Hey, why are you different? What's up with you? You don't start with the sin. You don't start with how wrong they are. How many of y'all like that? Somebody shows up on your job. Hey, Lori, <laughs> you stinking it up, girl, and you need to straighten up. I mean, my God, man, can you do anything right? I mean, the email's wrong. You're only getting half the job done. Hey, oh, but by the way, you're doing this right. So we lead with the wrong, and then we, no, 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 no. Give them the good news of the gospel. The good news is that somebody died for them, so they didn't have to go to a bad place. The good news is he saved you. He helped you. That's the good. Start with the good news. And then after maybe months or years of sharing good news, if they still ain't getting it, well, you got to reach in the toolbox. And you got to pull out the hell card. But the go to hell card is something we pull out after we've spent a lot of time loving on them to point them in the right direction. Because the hell card is a card in the Bible. I know we live in a society that is kind of like, well, or church world that we just don't want to talk about hell, but, but Jesus had a lot to say about it. But that's not what Jesus led with. He led with signs, wonders, and miracles and love. And it's the same thing with us. So he said, go into all the world. <clears throat> Jesus has given us an assignment to do on the earth. But we sometimes get distracted. Amen? Do you guys get distracted from one Sunday to the next? Some one Sunday to the next third Sunday? We can get distracted, right? With the things in this world and forget about the most important thing on God's heart, and that is what? People. People. But who can get on our nerves? Who can make us mad? Who can we accuse? People. I can't believe she did that. Who does she think she is? Who does he think he is? You know, I would be in a better place if it wasn't for them. Oh, really? No, no, <laughs> no. Our promotion don't come from a man or a woman. Our promotion comes from God. And sometimes that promotion could be wrapped in a little bit of different wrapping than you would think. You know, we think we're only supposed to obey somebody if they're nice to us. You need to read First Peter sometimes. Oh, yeah. He said we're to obey those that are being nice to us and be mean. So it ain't always going to be comfortable, your promotion. But if you'll look to God as your source, if you'll look to God as your help, in a world full of distractions, guys, I'm telling you, they're all around us. The noise is loud. 
All this is going on all around us. And if you'll listen to that versus listening to the word of God and listening to God, you'll get distracted. And you'll find yourself making decisions that are not good for your life. That's why the Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. Be still. Why do you think this world we live in is going wide open? And I don't know if y'all know this or not, but you know, the United States of America don't look like it did 200 years ago. There's a lot changed in this country. Now, some of it's good, but I'm just saying as far from, from a spiritual standpoint, we have really went downhill. But yet we got all the toys. We got all the amusement parks. We got all the TVs, all the mobile devices. Oh, we look like we got it going on. But spiritually, we're declining as a country. And those poverty-driven countries, they're escalating. Revival's breaking out in huts. Revival's breaking out with zebras and lions running around. They're having God move, amen, because they don't have these things distracting them. But that don't make that we should just say, well, so what? No, we've got a great opportunity to bring revival here. But it starts in our heart, amen? It starts with us, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's heart, and that is people. People like us and people that are not like us. God has forgiven us, so now we can forgive them the way God has forgiven us. How does the people of God function on earth that are that are a part of his house. How do we function? Well, Paul said this, and I'm going to read a few, a few scriptures here, but Paul gave us an example of how each one of us have an assignment for, for him and what he has asked us to do, whether small or great, is very important to him. But before we do that, can we watch that video, um, Brandon? Watch this short video. This is Casting Crowns. The video is a little cheesy, but just do please lean into it. Hallelujah. And then I'll read the rest of this. Hallelujah. I know some of it was extreme, but I'm telling you, some of that goes on in the house of God. Because we're so preoccupied. We're not called to just come to church and focus on you. You know, hear people say, well, I didn't really like that worship today. That worship just wasn't kind of my favorite. Well, we weren't worshiping you. Really? You know what I'm saying? All that message, man, it really didn't hit, hit to me. I wasn't preaching to you. Okay. There was somebody that got something out of it. Amen. But guys, I want us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, don't you? So Paul gives us a little picture here of the human body. In verse uh, 12 of chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, it says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. We should all be sharing the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not the hand, does that make that foot or make it any less part of the body? No. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? No. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? What would I look like today if I was one big eyeball up here? And you were one big ear or one big elbow or one big toe? 
I mean, that would be a messed up, jacked up body. Amen? He's using this analogy so you and I will get it. Okay? We are all important. Just like I want my eye to stay where they are supposed to be. I don't want my eye and ear to tag team any day soon and go, you know what? We're going to switch positions. My eyes are going to be ears, and my ears are going to be eyes. That's freaky. Now, I know they have movies that do that kind of stuff, but that's not real, okay? He goes on to say, or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? You'd hear a lot, <laughs> but you would be probably amongst some stinky stuff. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where who wants it? He wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye could never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the foot, I don't need you. Amen. Ain't you glad your body don't get, you know, uh, in strife and anger? And then all of a sudden your leg says, no, I'm marching against my head. Today is March against the head day. Okay? We are standing against this. It ain't right. The head's getting way too much attention. I'm covered up most of the time. This is ridiculous, okay? There ought to be some equal rights. There got to be equal rights, man. Come on. The legs should get as much attention as the head does. And in some cases, some people make sure their legs get a lot of attention. But I don't care about your legs. I don't want to see your legs. I want to see your head. Amen? I want to see your head, okay? But I'm just telling you guys, if that was to happen, what would it be? It'd be freaky, amen? To see, wake up one morning and your body parts are all over the house just kind of at each other. <laughs> it's like they had a superhero movie not too long ago, man, uh, Captain uh, America. And uh, what's the guy with the Iron Man? And it was all the superheroes fighting in one part of the movie. They're just all fighting. And I'm going, what? what is up with that? That's stupid. I mean, the world needs help. Amen? And that's almost like what God is, Paul is trying to picture to us. We're in the body, and we all have many members in this body, and all of them are important. He goes on to say, in fact, some body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. You know, my, my ears and eyes, they don't really need a lot of special care, okay? But there's other parts of my body I need to cover up. Y'all get my drift? Okay? All right. So we carefully protect those. All right. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. If you've ever noticed when you get a big gash in your arm, you know, your other arm just don't go, hee. <laughs> Uh, look at you, man. You cut. You bleeding. What does this other arm do? It goes for something to cover the wound, right? That's the body part over here. Now, the right arm has nothing to do with the left. They're in two different locations all the time, okay? But we've got a, a major problem right here. This arm's been hurt. So automatically, without thinking, this arm comes to the aid to try to help this arm out. Without even thinking. I mean, he don't have to pray about it. He don't have to go take two or three, you know, uh, classes on what I need to do to help people that are hurting. No, he's going to help that member right there quick. All right? You stub your toe. What do you do? You grabbing that toe. And it ain't going to help it. It's throbbing. But it needs attention, okay? 
you're going to help it out. What's the same thing in the body Paul saying? The same thing. We all have been given a place in the house of God. As we begin to function like the human body, we will see others attracted to us. How about your house? How about your personal house? We're going to talk about where you live, okay? When it is clean on the inside and out and all the rooms are spotless and the yard is manicured with beautiful plants and trees, what is that house? It's attractive, right? How's your house look today? Could God and a team of people walk in every room of your house and yard? No, probably not. I know that's not mine. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, it ain't happening. Not right now. But the point is, guys, if your house is spotless and the yard looks really good, how many of you know, if you ever rode by a house and go, wow, that house looks good, dog. That looks good. What's well, the same thing with us? What if the church began to operate like your human body and every part was supporting each other? And we're just, man, I mean, we're there. We're all together. We're functioning like a good human body. Is that not going to be attractive? Oh, yeah, it's going to be very attractive. Hallelujah. Same with us. When we are working together, doing what God assigned us to do, and not wanting to be what someone else is, then we are very attractive to the world. You have a gift and talent. And I'm so glad that my kidney or, or my liver don't go, you know what, man, I'm tired of being hit all the time. It's ridiculous that I have to be down here doing all this cleaning of the blood and all the dirty work. Him, he's eating all this trash and his garbage, and I've got to clean him up so he don't die. Why do I got to be down here? Why can't I be seen by the world? Because without me, you're dead. Ain't you glad that your liver don't have that day? <laughs> I'm so glad that I don't wake up and my liver is in the living room saying, I've had enough. I'm done with this crap. This is over. I mean, we laugh, but guys, that is how ridiculous the body of Christ can be. I mean, seriously. We don't appreciate the part we belong to. And we don't see that part as being significant. Maybe you're in a part of the body, in, in the body of Christ, that don't even get seen ever. That's okay. The Bible says that they bestow greater honor on those parts you can't see. And I'm telling you, when that one part you can't see quits functioning, like your heart, I can promise you, you're making a phone call. Quick. Amen. You're wanting help. Or you're on your back, one of the two. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. God has given us assignments. God has given us assignment as a group of people to build him a house on the earth to help hurting, lost, broken, sick people. What do we need to do to build for God, a barn for God? We need building materials. What are the building materials we need? People. 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 That's how you build anything for the kingdom of God. Not material. Thank God bring that. God bring the material. But I can tell you right now, if I had everything to build a barn right now, it's just me and my wife. How many of you know it's going to take a long time for us to build that barn? I'm just telling you, it's just going to take a while. Peter said it this way in 1 Peter 2, verse 4. He said, Come to him, the risen Lord, as to a living stone, which men rejected and threw away but which is choice and precious in the sight of God. You believers, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house for a holy and dedicated priesthood to offer sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. Why do we need to build a church? Why do we need to expand our walls and get more seats and get more things going on? Why? Because there's hurting people out there that we want to see come in here and experience what we've experienced. It's not about the building. It's not about being known. It's about them knowing the one who changed our life.
And there's a lot of hurting people out there. And we want this to be like the, the ark that Noah built. And that ark saved eight souls' lives from destruction. Now, we have an opportunity to save a lot more souls from destruction as we begin to do our part in the community, along with many other churches that are doing it. We don't have enough arcs built today, guys. We don't. Okay, you may say, well, there's a church on every corner. If everybody woke up in Henry County to go to church today, there's not enough room for them. There's not, period. We have our work cut out. And for what we want to build, I believe it's a God thing because it's not going to look like a church on the outside. But it's going to have all the components of church on the inside. I want, some, I want a recording studio where Christian artists can come in and do things. I want a Christian barbershop, a saloon. I want, to, I want to have God in every facet of a human life. I want a Christian dentistry. I want a Christian hospital. I want a Christian doctors. I, I want Christian stuff to where the world can come in and not only get their needs, physical needs met, but they can be spiritually fed as well. Because sometimes it starts with a physical Man, if I'm helping somebody that's hungry, I'm not going to sit down and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Now, let me just tell you about, you know, the, the four Gospels and the Romans Road to Salvation. Are you ready, sir? We're going to give you that Romans Road. You need the Romans Road. And he's about to die because he's hungry. How about if I give him a subway foot long, let him digest it, let it settle for a minute, and say, let me tell you about the Romans Road to Salvation. He's going to be a lot more attentive. Amen? Why not create a place in McDonough that the city council can look to to do their events? Instead of having to go somewhere else. And why can't they come and do their event here? And we as the people of God serve that community. Unbelievers. And love on them. Why can't we do that? We can do that. That's what the barn's going to represent. Okay? We're going to do church stuff. But we're going to do what others ain't doing to reach people that other people ain't reaching. And that means you got to step out the box. It wasn't my idea to have a barn, guys. Okay? It was not my idea. But I'm telling you, God knows what he's doing. Amen? That is why Jesus repeated himself to the disciples many times about the same thing we said in Matthew 20. He said it in Mark 16, verses 15. And then he told the disciples, do what? Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be what? Saved. They will be what? Saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be what? That means they were given an opportunity to believe and they chose not to. And then they were condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. You can go grab rattlesnakes and wiggle them around and it's no big deal. And if you do, you're crazy. <laughs> that was not a word for us in due season. Thou shalt not touch snakes. Do you hear me? Don't touch a snake. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. We just had an incident at Locust Grove High School. We had four kids that partake of something. I don't know if it was in a liquid form or whatever, but they went to the bathroom and they partook of some stuff. And I think some of them, a couple of them, may be still fighting for their life. I don't know where it's at. I don't know much details about it, but the point is they put some poisonous stuff in their body. And that poisonous stuff did what poisonous things do. It hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. 
Do you know that God wants to heal people through you? You want to have an, a, a vibrant Christian walk with God? You want your Christianity to stand out to where you don't get bored and then go look at all the things in the world to do? When you start going to school and you lay your hands on your brother that's you know sick, hey, brother, I just want to pray for you in the name of Jesus. Be healed. And boom, that kid gets healed in that classroom. There's a kid in a wheelchair in the classroom, and you just say, hey, man, could I just pray for you? And you just lay your hands on them and say, I want to just pray. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And you walk back to your chair. The next thing you know, you look up, and he's walking behind you. How many of you know that's Christianity? That's what we call normal Christianity. That should be going on on a regular basis, and then we wouldn't be reaching for everything. We got so many people that come to church that are bored, and they base all their excitement on what they're going to do that Sunday morning. And if they don't get to do it, ah, that's a bummer. But yet you've got six other days to take the gospel to the known world. You've got six more days to watch God move through your life. You've got God in you, through you, on you. He's with you, man, everywhere you go. You're able to spread this, man. It's contagious. If we'll just believe that God's with us and believe that God wants to use you, well, I just don't feel saved today. I just don't feel like God loves me today. That's when you need to get your hand on somebody because he's closer to you in that moment than you could ever know. That's the enemy trying to get you to believe a lie. Open up your mouth and proclaim the goodness of God in your life. Like, hello, how are you doing? Just something simple. Be nice. Don't come into work. Oh, dear God. Now, that was a weekend, man. Whew, I did this at Oil House. I had to do this. My God, I got to pay these bills. Oh, man, how y'all doing today, man? Whew, how about y'all's weekend, was it? Yeah, whoo, God, man, it was, whew, wow. Man, that relationship I'm in, dear God, man, I'm telling you, I don't know if it's ever going to be fixed. And, man, this back, oh, my God, my back's killing me. <laughs> I mean, God, I've been having this pain for years. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just killing me. Oh, my feet are just killing me. Oh, you know, this time of year, I always get the flu. Oh, my God, this flu's going around, and for whatever reason, it just comes to my door. And I'm here. Well, and we just say, it's ours for the taking. Thank you, flu, for coming to me again. You're so amazing. <laughs> Have you had your flu shot today? <laughs> I got you covered, man. Bow! <laughs> <laughs> that bracelet always falls off. Listen, <laughs> the reality is, do you have your God shot? You need a dose of what I got. I don't need what you got. And I'm not against the flu shot. I'm not against all that, okay? I'm just telling you, guys, look, we are called to bring something to a world that needs us. We are the missing ingredient to the world, amen? And that is Jesus. Hallelujah. Get Jesus in people's lives. And no matter how young or old they are, you will see a difference in their life. Amen? Hallelujah. Are y'all excited? Now check this out now. In verse 19 it says this. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples did what? They went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked what? Confirming what they said by many Miraculous signs. He confirmed his word through who? It didn't say he confirmed his word through himself. If we're going to see people saved, touched, healed, uh, lives be put back together, guess what, guys? Look in the mirror. 
You're all God's got to work with. We got to get right. We got to get ready. We're called to do something way bigger than just what we're doing right now. And we're called to do it together. I mean, I need you. You need me. We need each other to function properly. I mean, I never look at Chris back there doing the sound and go, you know what? I need to do the sound. I could do a better job than him. He thinks he's better. God can supernaturally teach me how to do that. He misses it all the time. I need to be doing the sound. I've never had that thought. And if I ever did, I'd cast that sucker out in a heartbeat, Jack. I'm telling you, it's a reality, guys. I never look over the, the banister and go, oh, man, I wish I, I want to do what they do. Uh-uh. And please, unless you're called the pastor, <laughs> don't ever look over here and go, man, I can do what he's doing, okay? Please don't. Please. Please don't. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. This is some more instruction on how his followers should live every day of their life. When we do life the way Jesus has asked us to, things go so much better and people's lives will be touched and changed. Jesus desires a house that is full of people that he died for, but the only way they will ever know about him is through us. As we close today, I would like to look at what Peter went on to say after he told us that, that people are to build God's house on the earth. This is in the same chapter. Before I do this, you notice Jesus when he was on the cross that day? What did they nail to the cross? His hands and feet. I got to thinking about that yesterday. His hands and feet. Because, you know, many people say that he was, he was nailed right here. Because if he had been nailed right here, the nails would have ripped through his hand and he would have just fell off the cross. So they, they said it was probably around in here because it could hold him up and stuff like that. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says his hands and feet. Okay? You need to know something. The nails didn't hold Jesus to the cross. It was love. Love for you and love for me. But I just got to thinking about why hands, why feet? And I really believe that the devil was trying to say to you and I and everybody that day when they saw Jesus hanging up there, what he was spreading with his feet will be spread no more. What he was doing with his hands, it will be done no more. Did you know it didn't work then and it's not going to work today? How do you take the gospel to the known world? You have to use your feet. It's going to have to carry you there. How are you ever going to do anything for God? You're going to have to use your hands. It takes hands. I can't feed somebody without not picking it up and giving it to them or preparing it. These hands and these feet carry the message of Jesus everywhere we go. We've got to have these. And when Jesus appeared to his disciples and scared them like crazy, you know, if Jesus was to walk through the wall right now, many of you guys would be white as a ghost right now. You would. No different. I would too. <laughs> I may even jump down there and go, whoa, man, what the heck that just happened? But when he walked through the room that day, he, he startled his disciples. They thought it was a ghost. He said, it is I. Look at my hands and look at my feet. It is I. And I'm telling you guys, Jesus has turned to me and he's turned to you. And he's asking the question, will you be my hands and feet? Will you? Will you love others the way I loved others? I gave myself for them, 
And I'm not asking you to do that, but would you give a little bit of your time? Would you maybe just give a little bit? Would you just maybe reach out a little bit? Would you maybe pray before you leave the house and just go, Lord, use me today. Bring somebody across my path that's hurting. And, and if you're acting like the world, well, then do me a favor. Ask God to forgive you of that because us acting like the world ain't going to win the world. And that's what he says in, in, in 1 Peter as we wrap it up. He said, beloved, he's talking to Christians just like I'm talking to you. He said, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world to abstain from the sensual urges, those dishonorable desires that wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the unsaved Gentiles. Conduct, conduct yourselves honorably with graciousness and integrity so that for whatever reason they may slander you as evildoers, yet by observing your good deeds, they may instead come to glorify God in the day of visitation when he looks upon them with mercy. Friend, we as Christians will get persecuted. They will call us evil. They will call us haters. But in the midst of that, if we will return good, and let them see the goodness of God. They'll see the glory of God. And through a life that is willing to lay themselves down at the foot of Jesus, we will see the hearts of many people turn back to Him. you got to give something up to see something different. If you want where you're at to change, if you want loved ones in your life to change, you have to change and do it the way Jesus told us to do it. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. And if you live for you, you'll never do this. But one day, you and I are going to bring our, breathe our last. And at that point, you can't get a do-over. There is no do-over. It is what you've done in your body right now. And at the judgment seat of Christ, we are going to be judged according to what we did in the body, how we functioned as that member, whether we function good or we function bad. Come on, man. We got, we got work to do. We got seats that are empty. I want us to fill God's house. Not for our glory. You heard it. For God's glory. God's got a lot of lost kids. And when we leave church, man, it's not about, okay, well, I checked that off, I did it, I'll be back next week maybe. If I don't have something else more important come up. That's the way we live in America. Oh, it's comfortable, it's convenient, okay, I'll go to church today. No, build your life around God. If you'll do that, God will build His around you. I'm going to tell you right now, the Bible's really clear we are to step toward God first, James tells us, and then as we draw near to God, what does God do? He comes to us. I mean, I'd say God's already put up a lot. Don't you all agree? He put his son up for us. I don't think we need to ask God to do anything. I think it's him asking us, are we willing to do something? And some of us in this room, your heart's so cold to Jesus, it ain't good. It ain't good. And I want this message to pierce you, man. I wanted to challenge you that if you'll go after him, I'm telling you, we have a place in the house of God, and my prayer for you today is that you find your place and do all God has called you to do. Let's go get some people for God and build him a house. Let's do it, guys. 
I mean, you see right here, this offering right here. I mean, look at that thing. It's almost full, guys. Look at that. Look at that right there. That represents people, man. That green stuff that we hold on to so much that we sometimes don't want to let go represents a soul. I'm so glad when I was lost and in the world that people didn't mind giving of their time and talent and treasure. I'm glad people didn't hold on what you'll eventually lose. I'm glad that they, 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 they made that trip every week and gave to God their finances. I'm a result of somebody's giving. Financially, spiritually, physically, I am a result. Therefore, me and my family, we shall serve the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our money, with all of everything we have. What we have belongs to God. My house belongs to God. My cars belong to God. My clothes belong to Everything I have belongs to Him. Because when I die, they're going to throw me in a box and I ain't taking none of it with me. So why should I value it over a soul? Why should I chase it over a soul? No, never. Many of you in this room, you've chased things. Well, I have, me included. I'm saying me included. And then when we got those things, <laughs> it just didn't do what we thought it was going to do. Short term it might have, but long term, that nice phone is going to be old. That brand new car is going to be old. It's just going to happen. I pray today that, guys, you guys would really ask the Lord, what is your place? Where does God want you to go? And today we're doing Next Steps 201. We're here, ready, willing to help you, point you in a direction by the help of God to get you in a place where you can make a difference in this house but outside this house as well. The only way this house gets built is if it's people like me and you that decide, you know what? We're going to make Jesus famous. And I believe many of you are here, maybe for the first time or second time, or you've been coming for a long time. It's time for you to go all in. Let's don't let another year pass and we're just sporadically doing stuff for God. Let's really go all in and watch your life change. Watch your relationships change. Watch the people around you, your jobs, your watch them change. I promise you they will change. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. And we just give you praise and glory and honor. And I pray for the people today, Father God. That, Father God, everybody here will be touched by you. That, Father, these are your sons. They're your daughters. Those that are in the room and those that are doing things for you right now, Father God. Your spirit knows no boundaries in Jesus' name. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you touch each one of our hearts to let us know that we all have a function in the body. And that, Father, we would function according to the member and the part that you've called us to be. And that, Father, as we do, many people are going to come to know you. And I pray for those body parts that are in the room right now that, that maybe you're not really all in yet. And I pray, maybe you're just kind of kicking the tires. Maybe this is your first time here. I pray that you would really consider going all in. Giving everything you got to God, no matter what it is. Because, God, we believe as we do that, change happens. Your glory is displayed in and through us. Hallelujah. You know, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, 
I never want to end without giving somebody an opportunity to meet Jesus. So if you're here today and you say, Nathan, I have never said yes to Jesus Christ. I've never said yes to him. I want you to be bold. And I just want you, we're not going to call you out. I just want to pray with you. It's about you and God. So if that's you today and you say, Nathan, I, I just, I don't know him personally and I would like to know him. Just raise your hand. Just say, Pastor, pray for me. And that's all we're going to do is pray for you. We're not going to, not shaming nobody. This is between you and Jesus. But if you're saying, I want to know Jesus, I've never, I've never said yes to him. Maybe you're in this room and God's been tugging at your heart. You're kind of like a prodigal son or daughter. You was once serving him, but now you're not. If that's you, raise your hand. Just put your hand up and say, pray for me. I see that. I see that hand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let's all stand. We're going to pray together. Nobody prays alone. So y'all just kind of repeat after me because we, we had some people raise their hand. And I believe, to be honest with you guys, it's not the prayer we're getting ready to pray that, that, that changes your heart. I believe as you raised your hand, your heart's already been changed. Your heart's already been changed. We're just going to make a confession publicly of what happened on the inside, spiritually. So everybody say this after me. Say, Dear Father, I come to you right now and thank you for accepting me back to you. Jesus, I proclaim you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, I ask you for the grace and the ability to serve you with all my heart from this day forward. Satan, I tell you to get out of my way in Jesus' name. Jesus, I'm going all in today. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together right now, guys. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. God is good. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you something. If you prayed that prayer today, I would love for you just to fill out one of the Connect cards there and let us know that you prayed that prayer and we'd like to, you know, maybe follow up with you and maybe help you and get you set up on some next steps. 201 today. But, guys, look, before we leave, can we just kind of sing a little line or two? Because me and Belinda would like to get back to the door to where we can hug your neck and shake your hands, give you a high five. Remember, this Saturday night, we're going to be partying for Jesus. Hallelujah. Next Sunday, we'll be partying for Jesus. Uh, but we're going to party for Jesus today. Amen. So y'all sing this song, guys, and really worship God and thank Him for what He's done in your life. And if you want to bring your offerings up here, go ahead and do that at that time, too. We love you guys. We will see y'all next week. Love y'all. Hit it, guys. Pour it out, let your love run over. Here and now, let your glory. Mm, love you, girl. Pour it out. Love you, big man. Love you too. Let your love run over. Glad you came today, girl. Thank Here you so much for coming. Here and now, let your glory fill this house. Pour it out. Melissa, what are you doing? Let your love run over. It's doing nothing. Here and now. Let your glory fill this house. Pour it out. Let your love run over. And here and now. Let your glory fill this house. So pour it out. Let your love run over. And here and now, let your glory fill this house. So pour it out.
let your love run over. And here and now, let your glory fill this house. Let your love run over here and now. Let your glory fill this house. So pour it out. Let your love run over and here and now. Let your glory fill this house. Let your glory fill. Let your love run over. Let your glory fill this house. So pour it out. Let love run over. And here and now. Let your glory fill this house, so pour it out. Let your love run over, and here and now, let your glory fill this house. 